Penn State wins 41-13 over the Northwestern Wildcats on the road, but it felt like the Nittany Lions forgot that their bye week was next Saturday. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen and watch every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Zach Seiko. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply. Got nine takeaways from Penn State and Northwestern observations that the Nittany Lions moving forward are in a good spot, but there are some things to be concerned about. Or are there? Right? Is Penn State in a good position to, to move forward? Become an everydayer. Move forward with this show. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast and on the YouTube channel. And let me know what your takeaways were. Just some thoughts about Penn State's win over Northwestern. With that all out of the way, Penn State was dominant. That is my first takeaway here, is that they were dominant from, from start to finish. Okay, yes, they Northwestern took the lead first, and then it was 10-10 to at halftime, but the box score told me everything I needed to know from the first half on. Even though it was 10-10, to Penn State was dominating from that moment on. Yards, first downs, third downs, red zone efficiency, time of possession, tackles for loss, sacks, big plays. The only thing... Penalties, that went in the favor of the Wildcats. But in addition to that, turnovers. Granted, they were tied one-to-one, but I also factor in those fourth down stops. You can consider, yes, they are turnovers on downs, but they're not a fumble. They are not an interception. Daquan Hardy had that weird interception to give Penn State a tie in the turnover category. But I think those stops on fourth down in plus territory really helped the Nittany Lions out, and I think that should be counted in the turnover column. I think that's a good way to put it when Penn State didn't get interceptions and fumbles, but they stopped Northwestern in plus territory. So I am not surprised at all that Penn State had a tough first half, okay? You were going from uh, a game that had tons of juice to one that had none, right? Let's compare. The whiteout game against Iowa, a team that's been a thorn in your side, to Northwestern, <laughs> the Wildcats that have that just have no any sort of rival sense to them whatsoever. Okay, you're going from a record whiteout crowd to an empty stadium, something a quiet stadium where you could hear a pin drop. And James Franklin said, "No music at practice, so we can prepare for Northwestern's environment." Right. Uh, nobody cares. Just no one cared about the Northwestern game. It just yes, they did. They wanted to get a win. But you also, right, you put more attention, you put more focus, you put more emotion into the likes of Iowa, Ohio State, Michigan. You, you get what I'm saying. Primetime game at night under the lights to go along with the whiteout versus an 11 a.m. local kick on the road that required a plane trip, okay? And you had the bye week looming, okay? So, yes, I, I'm not saying that, oh, well, Penn State was looking forward, but come on, you can't help think like, hey, we just got to get to the bye week. Bumps and bruises everywhere. Even though some guys are injured and some guys are not, you're still like, man, we've been going through summer practices, training camp, regular in-season practices, these games, and now we finally get to the bye week. Uh, all of that just kind of adds up. They needed to wake up in this game, and they did. That, that's the bottom line. They woke up when they had to. So it doesn't matter if you win or lose the first half. It matters if you win or lose all after four quarters. Third takeaway, let's talk about this ground game. 
should you be concerned? Because now Northwestern's defense, when it comes to defending the run, is one of the worst in the Big Ten. It was the worst last season. It's probably going to be the worst in the Big Ten moving forward for this season. 39 carries, 134 yards, and three touchdowns total collectively, averaging under four yards per carry. That is a concern. The Singleton had 21 carries, 80 yards, and one touchdown, so he didn't do what I thought he would do, have the the 250-yard-plus touchdowns, right, 150 yards on the ground, that kind of thing, like a big Singleton day that we've been so accustomed to, actually. And then Trey Potts and Drew Aller each had the one rushing touchdown. But Penn State seems to be stubborn. I have an explanation for all of this. Penn State seems to be stubborn with its run play calling. Mike Yersich, James Franklin, whatever. Because inside zone is just not working, yet they keep doing it. So are Coach Yersich and Coach Franklin, are they insane? <laughs> because the definition of insanity is doing something over and over and over and expecting a different result. Well, Penn State's not really getting a different result here, so but they keep doing the same thing over, so by definition, right? But they're not. There is an explanation for this. Penn State is trying to work all these issues out before you get to the big game. You can continually run something that isn't working against the likes of Northwestern, Illinois, Delaware, West Virginia, even Iowa, because there's no threat of losing the game if you make these kinds of mistakes. So in Penn State's case, This is essentially practice mode to get the inside ground game working when you get to Ohio State, when you get to Michigan, because those teams will make you pay if you don't have those things up to par. If you don't have the inside ground game working, if the interior of the offensive line isn't gelling, then Michigan and Ohio State, they will not let you. (laughs) They will not let you get away with it like these five teams have. Northwestern, Iowa, Illinois, the rest of them have all let Penn State get away with a poor inside ground game. But pay close attention. Pay close attention because when Penn State has run some of those outside zone plays, off tackle or just straight up outside zone, look how successful they are. They're few and far in between, but when Nicholas Singleton and Catron Allen get to the outside, they have an extra step of burst. That's where the double-digit carries are coming from. We've seen very few plays that are successful in between the guards or right behind the center. But when they go to the left of Olu Fashionu or to the right of Caden Wallace even, Penn State has had some success, and we even saw it against Northwestern. It was a few times, but we saw it. And that leads me to believe that Penn State has something stored for later on in the season. So you will see more outside zone as the season progresses. And this is exactly what Michigan did a season ago. Michigan was running a lot of inside zone, inside zone, inside zone, and Penn State was prepared for that. But then it was almost like a bait and switch. Michigan then changed to running more counters against Penn State. And that's how it led to that absolute debacle from 2022. Because Penn State on film was preparing for the inside zone and defending it well in the first half. Then Michigan said, hey, let's break out the ground game that they're not familiar with based on the tape. Let's run more counters. Let's run some outside zone. And then that's where Penn State had to pay. So you can only prepare for what's on tape. The outside zone is on tape. Again, this is just my observation. But I am anticipating that Penn State is doing this to perfect or at least make better. Make better the inside ground game. And then when it comes to the outside running, it's already there because they have the speed of Singleton, the vision of Allen, and the tackles are are better than the inside of the offensive line. But because Olu Fashion is a top five tackle, he's a top five pick going into next year's draft. And Caden Wallace has gotten better 
I know people are gonna have some criticisms from him about today's game against Northwestern. However, I, I like I like what I've seen from them on the ground game uh, in general when they go off tackle and to the out the side. But they aren't being called because they're being saved for later. Good teams can, great teams can do this. Michigan had the luxury of doing it last year. Penn State has the luxury of doing it this season. My next takeaway for Penn State is Drew Aller is fine. People were saying, oh, he's he's streaky, he's still unproven, he, he's inaccurate. That's not it at all. Aller was 18 of 33, 189 passing yards, one passing touchdown. We know about the, the quarterback sneak rushing touchdown. It looked like he couldn't find his receivers to save his life. Uh, almost every incompletion. I want to make this a clear point. Almost every incompletion from Drew Aller today was not because he was inaccurate. It had to do with the fact that it was miscommunication between him and the wide receivers. Some of them were, right? But I'm saying almost every single one was a matter of communication and chemistry. It wasn't because he was inaccurate. Aller is probably to blame for some, but factor in some other things. Drops, poor routes run by the wide receivers. It isn't a talent issue. It is a chemistry issue, and that's going to take time. So the wide receivers are responsible too because they got to run the routes and they got to be on the same page. A lot of these are timing routes. The second they turn around, Drew Aller throws a football that is right there. Some passes were behind the receivers. Those were his fault. Other ones, Dante Cephas dropped a couple. There was some, even with Keandre Lambert-Smith. Lambert-Smith's cut in one way. Drew Aller is thrown to the outside. And it's like, well, what is that? No, Aller is not that inaccurate. That is a matter of communication. You got to be going in the same way. You got to be on the same page because some of these are option routes. And if you're not on the same option, it's going to be an incompletion. But I do want to make this point about Drew Aller. Aller and the offense have not turned the ball over. Yes, there was a fumble. Cadron Allen got the football punched out of his hand in the middle of the game, but the offense fell on it. So that was good. Penn State did have its first turnover on special teams and Nicholas Singleton was the one who coughed it up like out of all the out of all the turnovers to happen. But Aller and the offense are protecting the football. So even on an off day, they are doing the most by just keeping the game clean in that category. You don't have to worry about it. You can remain efficient. And that really helps the defense out because the offense, even if they have a three and out or they drive down the field a little bit and end up punting, defense doesn't have a short field. They are protecting the football and they're allowing the defense to have tons of field, tons of, tons of green behind them to work with defensively. I really like what Penn State did in this 41-13 game against Northwestern. And I have a few more takeaways, including Penn State and how they've just been able to stick to things. But we got to talk about those injuries. Before we get to that, let's hear from our sponsor of today's episode, and that is LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's easier to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs than add your job to the purple and the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are in fact hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills, just the right experience, so that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and then hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors, and LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. That's linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. 
March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Locked On Podcast Network is amping up college football coverage with Locked On College Football Kickoff Live. Every Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Time across all the Locked On College YouTube channels. And then you can find those podcasts wherever you get your podcast after they wrap them up live. So live for two hours every Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Time. And then wherever you get your podcast, you can find them afterwards previewing the weekend slate of college football games, the playoff implications, the news, the headlines, all of it regarding college football with Locked On College Football Kickoff Live every Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Time across the Locked On College YouTube channels. So Penn State, I I still have six more takeaways to share with you. We're going to go three in this segment and then three in the upcoming segment. And and it's just the fact that this next takeaway is the fact that Penn State was able just to continue to follow suit. They didn't have to break away from script. Yes, they had to break out some more different plays going into the second half because what they had, the game plan, the simplified game plan against Northwestern, was not working. A variety of circumstances and just the way Penn State just wasn't flowing offensively. So that's when you say, all right, we got to break out the heavy artillery. And I really don't think Penn State really dipped into its back pocket to get those extra plays. But what they were able to do was still follow the way that Penn State wants to play football. The defense smothers the opponent, right? Offense wears you down until you break. You bend the defense, bend the defense, bend the defense until it finally breaks. And that's what Penn State was able to do. And you can do this when you protect the football and you have a defense that can do this. 12 tackles for a loss. Seven sacks, just the one turnover later in the game, and I'm not sure what Sullivan, the quarterback for Northwestern, was doing. I think he thought that Daquan Hardy was a wide receiver, but that, that's okay. Um, but multiple fourth down stops in plus territory, so you didn't have all the actual physical, statistical takeaways, but you set up the offense with a short field in plus territory against a defense that was just worn down once again. Iowa's defense was worn down until it broke. Illinois, same thing. Doesn't matter about Delaware, right? Uh, West Virginia, similar case, but not as much as Illinois and Iowa. And then Northwestern just couldn't, they just couldn't stop a Nicholas Singleton, an offensive line, the wide receivers, and Drew Aller that just frankly had more energy down the stretch. And, And that's what it came down to. But Penn State, this team relies on symmetry. They're very symmetrical. So it kind of goes in this loop. The defense helps out the offense. The offense helps out the defense. And that's what great teams are able to do. And Penn State was able to follow that to a T against Northwestern. My next takeaway is about the Wildcats. Credit where credit is due, right? If Northwestern did anything, they made this a physical one. It's still a Pat Fitzgerald team. It's still a Pat Fitzgerald program, whether they move forward with David Braun because he is the interim head coach, but he has no head coaching experience. I don't know what the Wildcats are going to do. They are in a different situation with their athletic programs, particularly their football program. So, uh, But in this case here, Northwestern still plays a physical brand of football. It was a Big Ten road game. I am not surprised that there were bumps and bruises, and I'm not saying that Penn State players, they, they should be injured because they played this Northwestern game. No, injuries are an unfortunate part of football just in general. 
but Katron Allen left early. We don't know what's wrong with him. J.B. Nelson was carted off. I, I didn't see this, but a, a fan pointed this out to me that Chop Robinson didn't seem like he was on the field all that much. I want to equate that to rest and not necessarily injury because the Fox broadcast didn't really make a note about Chop Robinson, so he left early, allegedly, right? And then Keaton Ellis got hurt at the end of the game, and those were just some of the notable ones and not maybe this longer list that we won't know about until we go through practice again and then the game leading, right, the week leading up to UMass. Uh, so thank goodness the bye week is this week because you get the chance to rest up. I, I don't want to imagine a situation here, but imagine this. If Penn State had to go into Northwestern, sustain some of these injuries, and then go into Ohio State the next week rather than the bye week in UMass, that's not exactly the best setup here. Okay, This bye week couldn't have come at a better spot. You get the chance to really focus ahead on Ohio State and have the chance to perfect your craft against a team that's not going to threaten you in the UMass Minutemen. Uh, Aller and Singleton took some hits too. I, so my, my point is Northwestern made Penn State earn this bye week. And, and they certainly have, right? You win the game 41 to 13. You go into it and so people are sweating because it's tied at halftime with Penn State. Northwestern, if anything, made it a physical game. They made Penn State break out, like I said, the heavy artillery to go deeper into the playbook and get the better plays, the winning plays. And they made them earn this bye week. Now, speaking of injuries, specifically, right, Catron Allen, J.B. Nelson, uh, Keaton Ellis, Chop Robinson, I, I want to assume that Chop Robinson just left because he was resting. I, I don't think he was injured. Penn State really didn't need him. And same thing with Catron Allen. Catron Allen looked fine. He came out of the locker room, still had his pads on and everything. I don't think that he was exactly injured. I think, yes, he got a bump or a bruise, and they're going to rest him because you didn't need him, and you, that's why you have Trey Potts come in out of the transfer portal. Kevon Lee becomes a huge loss if you don't get someone like Trey Potts out of the transfer portal. And Trey Potts is better than Kevon Lee. So not only, it's addition by subtraction, right? No disrespect to Kevon Lee, but that's just the fact of the matter. And Potts, I like the way that Potts is playing. He, feel, he looks well energized because he hasn't gotten that many snaps on the football field. And I understand when you get those opportunities, you're going to run like you're going through a brick wall. But that's what Trey Potts is doing. He's running hard. He's running physical. He's trying to get to a spot as soon as he can. He could have been the starter at Minnesota, yet he transferred to Penn State. And he's the third back behind Singleton and Allen. But still, I, what I'm trying to point out is that Potts, you are not getting a significant drop-off. Yes, I want Catron Allen in the lineup as opposed to Trey Potts, but you are not seeing a significant drop-off in talent when you go from Singleton or Allen down to Potts. So Trey Potts could have been a starter in the Big Ten, decided to come home to Pennsylvania, now plays at Penn State, and this benefits Penn State well because, like I said, they used the transfer portal to their advantage, and they got depth at a position that they needed it, and Trey Potts it, I like the way that he plays the game of football because it is similar in style to Katron Allen. So if Singleton goes down and then you got to go Allen and Potts, you have basically mirror images of each other, right? But when you go from Allen to Potts, there's not really that much of a difference. You still have your speed back in Nicholas Singleton, your do-it-all-everything receiving back, right? But you have the lightning, and then you still have the thunder to complement it. Trey Potts is more of the thunder and not so much the lightning like a Katron Allen is. Potts, defenders bounce off of him and he runs physical. Penn State's going to be able to overcome a Catron Allen out of the out of the lineup for the moment, right? This is strictly for now. I don't want Catron Allen. I don't want him to miss any time. 
But if he has to, if he has to take this week UMass to rest up for Ohio State, Penn State will be just fine. They can overcome it. Same thing with J.B. Nelson. I hope J.B. Nelson is okay. I wish him well. Nothing but the best. Godspeed, right? Because he was carted off. And that is very serious, and he did not return. At least Catron Allen was uh, uh, around, and I guess they could have used him if they needed to, but he seemed like he was going to be content on the sideline for the time being. But Vanga Yuane has come in and started at left guard. He's played a lot of right guard. He That that versatility that Yuane has to go in, if it was Sal Wormley instead, I still have the confidence and the depth and the of the offensive line that Phil Troutwine and James Franklin have built to this point in time. And that's crazy to think how long, how far they have come with that. But J.B. Nelson, his loss is going to be overcome as well because of the likes of guys like Yuane. And I want to see Nelson come back, but Vanga Yuane, I like Vanga Yuane a lot. I actually prefer him over J.B. Nelson. I don't want his opportunity to come this way. Clearly, the coaches still think that Nelson is better because he is starting. But in the case of the injury here, there is not going to be a drop-off from Nelson to Yuane. The offensive line will still be able to work and be as equal as it has been from the start of the season to now at the midpoint. I want those guys back. They're valuable, but Penn State can overcome both Catron Allen and J.B. Nelson for the time being. Now, Penn State winning the game 41-13, to you would think that they would have let off the gas pedal at the end of the game. Because I got some questions for, for this team in addition to one more observation. Let's talk about that in just a second. But I'm going to nominate our Game Changer of the Week, brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. And this week's Game Changer, I think I got to go with Zane Durant. Zane Durant, to go along with this defense that had 12 tackles for a loss and 5 sacks, well... Durant had three tackles for a loss and one sack to go along with it. You don't see defensive tackles having that kind of production defensively. They basically eat up space. But when you have a defensive tackle like Zane Durant that's able to take up the space and make plays, he's your game changer of the week. And like Zane Durant changing the game for Penn State this week, Athletic Brewing has completely changed the game when it comes to non-alcoholic beers. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good and are full of flavor, well-crafted, just like a full-strength beer. They brew over 50 styles of craft, non-alcoholic beers, including IPAs, Goldens, Sours, and more. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you, or you can buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your first online order. How about that? That's code LOCKEDON at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. And Locked On Nittany Lions is privileged to be your go-to podcast for happyvalleyinsider.com, Penn State Rivals. Check them out for a more post-game analysis, what Penn State's going to have to do during the bye week, and then all the game previews for UMass. That is happyvalleyinsider.com. Really a privilege to work with them and partner with them. In this final segment, let's talk about one more observation and just some questions for for Penn State uh, based on the way that the game ended between the, between the Nittany Lions and the Wildcats. Nicholas Singleton is really coming on as a wide receiver, okay? The, and, and this is good to see because Nicholas Singleton comes from a background in high school at Governor Mifflin where they basically just pitched him the football, handed it off to him, and they said, okay, Nick, you're going to go run a million miles an hour. And they were a run-only type of offense. Rarely 
did they pass the football? Because they didn't need to when you have a guy like Singleton. But Singleton, if you get him the football anywhere on the field, he can make something happen, especially in open space because of the speed, because of the vision, just the football knowledge that he has. Get him the football in open space and he will make you pay. So how do you do that outside of handing it off to him? Well, you set up pass plays for him. You line him up as a wide receiver. You get him in motion. You make defenses. You use that mismatch to your advantage where you have to put a linebacker to get him in coverage on a speedy singleton, and it's not going to be good. But now in these two Big Ten road games, he has been a focal point in the passing game. Against Illinois, he led the team in receiving yards. Against Northwestern today, he led the team in receptions. Give him the football. Just get him the football in space, and he can do a lot. His hands are becoming more reliable. He's getting better as a wide receiver, like just running routes and everything. He will see more action as a receiver. That's something else that is going to be saved for the likes of Ohio State and Michigan, where they do so much more with Singleton and Allen by motioning them out of the backfield. They're going to have that dual running back backfield, like I mentioned, the 21 to 22 personnel, where they bring in two running backs simultaneously. You fake it one way, you swing it out, or you give it off to the running back, and you fake the throw across. It doesn't matter. Penn State, we've seen glimpses of it. It's on tape. But it's a matter of how much, when is this going to be more intensive? The tempo, those kinds of things. Mike Yurcich is saving those plays for those bigger games. And that's part of it. That element of Singleton being a wide receiver and being a head kick, just being a defensive nightmare, a defensive mismatch, that is coming as well as the season progresses. Now, here's my question for, for Mike Yurcich and, and James Franklin in the game plan, right? What are you trying to prove? by putting Drew Aller in harm's way, exactly. You're up by double digits. It's Northwestern. You've already lost a few starters at this point in the game. And you're running your five-star quarterback on quarterback draws. The QB sneaks. Like, I, I understand. Drew Aller is six foot five, 242 pounds. He already pushes the pile naturally, even without the help of Khalil Dinkins, Singleton, whoever, right? But Aller is your five-star quarterback. He's your most valuable player to this point. The defense would, any of those defensive players would probably make an argument for themselves. But Drew Aller, with the way that he's protected the football, the way when the him and the wide receivers are on the same page, that passing attack is deadly. Aller took this offense to the next level. I just don't like seeing him put out there to take those big hits because he did take some, and I'm glad he was able to shook them off. He is just too valuable to even have a scratch get on his helmet. I I just don't like it. It, It's not my, especially late in the game, okay? I understand earlier when they went with the T formation and they just pushed him forward, pushed him forward, pushed him forward until they finally got in. The Bush push, the Jalen Hurts play for the Eagles, whatever you want to dub it, right? where they just take the quarterback and they shove him forward. Okay, it works, and you have a big-bodied quarterback to do it. But don't put Aller in harm's way like that. I really don't think you should, especially the quarterback draw later in the game where Aller, on a designed QB run, is keeping the football when you were up by over a dozen points. And it's Northwestern. Northwestern wasn't going to come back whether Penn State led by three or whether they led by 300. I was just never threatened by the Wildcats. And this is my final takeaway, takeaway number nine. You cannot tell me that James Franklin does not care about the spread or that he doesn't know or that he's oblivious of it. it. 
Penn State was a 26 and a half point favorite, you know, depending on where you look for your sports book, right? They were about a four, a little under a four touchdown favorite. You had the chance to run down the clock. Daquan Hardy just had that interception. It's in plus territory. There's 220 left in the football game. All you got to do, get the first down, run out the clock, and that's it. Game's over. And then on the first play on that drive is a fake quarterback power with Bo Prabula. You're running quarterback. You run a play action with him and dump it over the middle on a seam route for a touchdown against Northwestern, who was never going to threaten you and, and try to pull a comeback in this game. <laughs> I just have to laugh. I really do, because James Franklin uh, really, really does hold things against other opponents and, and has check marks, check boxes that he wants to check off when it comes to a game. What about the 30-point scoring streak that Penn State has had or winning by double digits? At some point, that might come an end, come to an end because you are going to play the Buckeyes, you are going to play the Wolverines, but James Franklin's going to keep that streak going as long as possible until it does ultimately break. And I like that about Coach. It's not a criticism. It really is an observation. Penn State turned on the Jets late in the fourth quarter because don't forget, on, the, on one of the other drives on the first play, Drew Aller, instead of handing it off, throws an absolute bomb to Dante Cephas off the hands, but still, you're taking a shot at the end zone later in the game when you've already won. You've built a cushion. James Franklin is petty, and I'm all for it. That's my football coach. <laughs> That's going to do it for another episode of Locked On Nittany Lions. Again, become an everydayer. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and to the YouTube channel. Let me know in the comments what your biggest takeaway was from this Penn State Northwestern game. They got a chance to get healthy with the bye week, so the bye week could not have come at a better time. Leave me a review as well. Let me know what you think about the podcast in general. And for more Penn State football content, recruiting news, all the latest, keep it right here on Locked On Nittany Lions.